All right. Welcome to the Athlete for Life podcast, home uh, for former and current athletes. Uh, Sharing my experience, I am your host, Jonah Mitchell. And today I am super excited to announce that I have one of my longtime friends and very good, very good buddies with me today, uh, former NFL offensive lineman, Zach Goldich. Zach, I am very, very happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, see what this is all about. Get to yeah, it. dude. It's going to be a good time. You know, I, I built this podcast to, uh, for former athletes and mainly, but current athletes as well, to kind of get all the perspectives because uh, we had a conversation not too long ago, like the fitness aspect and mindset aspect of for athletes after they lose a sport isn't really talked about a lot, but you have a very awesome story that I, I want to get into today, but um, just to do, just to give a brief overview Zach and I played high school football together. Uh, I went against him every single day. He was offensive lineman. I was a defensive end. I hated him because he would always <laughs> kick my ass. Uh, <laughs> and then <clears throat> we went off to college. He went off to uh, CSU Fort Collins. I went to a small school in the mountains, Western Colorado University. Um, and Zach played, was a three-year starter, three-and-a-half-year starter? Three-year starter three-year starter, uh, and then went all the way, was an undrafted free agent in the NFL, starting with the Chargers, I believe, mm-hmm. and then yep. to the Chiefs. Uh, it was kind of a uh, – if you want a specific order, undrafted to the Chargers. Okay. Uh, practice squad to the Niners for six weeks. Practice okay. squad to the Colts for three weeks. Um, active roster for the Cardinals for the remaining eight weeks. And then I spent the 2019 training camp with the chiefs and then released after that. That is dude. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun so, while I lasted. Yeah. So I, I want to get into a little of that. So when did, when did football really take off for you? I think it took off. Well, so I started playing when I was nine. Um, it was something that, I wanted to get into, you know, love the Broncos, love watching the Broncos, just hometown teams. Um, and then I found out that you can actually play it. So my mom saw how big I was and thought it would be a good idea to enroll me into some sports. So guidance when I was nine, um, played up until high school. And then, you know, obviously at the high school level, I was freshman JV my first year. And then after that, varsity the last three years. And I think it really took off maybe around like my junior year. I started to realize that I was, <clears throat> I could hold my own and I could compete. And then senior year, you know, I was, I had a lot of uh, accolades and recognitions. And then I saw that I was going to be able to take off, but I still didn't, it still didn't really click um, how well I was going to do in football until the offer started rolling in and, you know, other people started to believe in me more than I was believing in myself, you could say. Um, and offers you mean and, like from <clears throat> colleges, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I hit that first um, division one offer, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy. Like maybe I'm not just going to go to northern Colorado or, um, you know, or division two, division three, you know, because no one from Gateway had had gone division one. So the idea of going to a division one school earning a scholarship was seemed a little bit far out of reach um you know little did i know the potential i was holding and um you know what other people saw in me so that was kind of cool when those conversations started happening and uh yeah 
Yeah, man. That is <clears throat> honestly, that's kind of, I'm actually surprised that you didn't realize how good at football you were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, I think it was tough because, you know, the league that we were in wasn't super competitive. So there was, there wasn't many people in APS and the schools that we were playing going division one. So just like as a whole, I didn't really know what it took. I didn't, I wasn't the biggest kid. I had the height, but as far as the size, I just wasn't sure if I was there. Cause you see these guys on TV, they're, they're grown, they're grown ass men, you know, on some of these teams, but you're also watching the sec. You're watching the big 10, you're watching these power five schools. And you're like, <clears throat> I don't know if, if I, if I, if I, if I fit in there. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and um, most of those schools get all their athletes from Texas, Florida, California, like just, yeah, what's those powerhouse States. Yeah. Different mm -hmm. breed of athletes coming out of those. Like, I think Colorado has like 15 professional athletes, like on average a year go play. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's getting better. I think, you know, oh, yeah. Colorado's starting to make a name for itself because people are starting to, to see the, the talent out here, which is awesome to see, you know, but I mean, again, like we weren't seeing those division one athletes coming out, you know, um, I'm a first generation college graduate. And so That's even cool. just the fact of going to college was semi far-fetched because I was like, I might even be going to college if I don't get a scholarship, you know, um, the thought of taking out loans and, you know, paying a, an enormous amount for schooling was, it, it doesn't sound great. No, you know? it does not. So, <laughs> I'm still paying off and I had a football scholarship. So it's nuts. It's nuts. So, okay. Well, that's, that's honestly, I, I resonate with that a lot because I was honestly surprised that I even got a shot to play college football. Uh, it was your senior year, my junior year, when I got my first like letter uh, of it, not intent. Uh, what's 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 it called when a school is semi interested in you? Like a camp invitation, maybe a yeah, junior like, day invitation. Yeah, like a, it was a junior day. That's what it was uh, mm -hmm. to South Dakota State. And I was just like, holy crap, like, like, like you, when yeah. that happened, I was like, oh, is this, do I still get the chance to keep playing football? Because I hated school. I, I, I will, I will go up and down. I hated school all through high school. <laughs> I hated school through college. Like the only reason I stayed there was to keep playing football. Right. Um, but I was a lot smaller than you. <laughs> I mean, Grant, we're playing two different positions, you know? It's yeah. Like yes. Very, very, very true. But you were still 225 playing offensive tackle. And I was at 170 playing defensive end. So you still like had more of a chance. And I, I was very like, like I, most of the schools that I saw, they had like this, this tier system, right? It was three levels. Yep. The high level is like, we're going to, we're going to offer them like as soon as they get available, mm -hmm. the middle level, they're like missing something. Uh, otherwise we, we would offer them. And then the last level is like, we looked at them, but they don't really fit. And I was like dead center in that middle spot where I was like undersized <laughs> as hell. They wanted me to gain 40 pounds in a year and a half. And I had no concept of how to do that. Uh, it sucked because I didn't, well, it didn't suck. Honestly, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I, I went to an awesome school that actually allowed me to play defense. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of lessons learned that you, I thought I knew what I wanted, but I didn't. <laughs> right. so, so anyway, going back to you, you, you got your offers you got, well, you went to CSU. How was your experience there? It was good. 
Um, you know, the transition from high school to college was, was rough for me. Um, you know, first of all, it was rough academically, oh, you know, having gosh. that independence and moving to a completely different grading system. You know, where we were at that standards based grading where we weren't even getting A's, B's and C's. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> that they even we're, attempted to do that. We were getting um, elementary school grades. Yeah. <laughs> high I mean, school. You know, you could you could not turn in a single piece of homework, but ace all the class tests and and Give get that. a proficient grade that was trans transferred to a B, you yep. know? Um, and so when I got to CSU, it was rough. Like my GPA, you know, high school was like a three eight and then it tanked all the way down to like two, 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 five. Like it was nuts. Dude, me and too. I'm looking at myself like <laughs> Like, this is not me. I'm better than this. You know, I had a 3.8 in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was a huge learning curve, which after seeing that first semester, I, you know, kind of dialed into the routine and uh, figure out what I needed to do. And every semester got better and better and better, you know, and towards the very end, you know, it was all A's and B's and Dean's list. And like, it was great. You know, the overall GP at the end didn't really reflect that because I had tanked so hard in the beginning. <laughs> so it was hard to dig myself out of that hole, but it was really good. Um, football wise, it was also a tough transition because when you think of going to a division one school, even division two, like just moving up a level, um, those kids who are on, you know, those collegiate teams were once either the best player or one of the best players on their high school team and then you're coming in you're not you're not the guy anymore you know I mean maybe if you were one of those highly highly recruited players um you could still be one of those guys as soon as you walk on campus but for me coming in as an offensive lineman I had the height I was underweight um and so it was tough you know they wanted me to put on weight I was moving from an option style offense to a pro style offense. You know, <laughs> oh my I God. have this grown men around me. And again, you know, that sense of doubt kind of sat in like, do I, do I fit in here? You know, like, how am I going to catch these guys? Um, you know, I'm sitting behind a, a tackle who ended up going second round to the Broncos. Um, like my junior year uh, or no, I'm sorry, sophomore year. Um, you know, we had a center that went third round to the Giants. Like I'm, I'm seeing this great talent in work ethics. And, you know, as a young athlete, that was, it was tough. And I was like, I want to be just like these guys, um, but didn't really understand the process of how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually it, it was really good. Um, I learned how to balance, you know, life, academics and sports. Um, and once I, got to that starting role and I felt more confident in myself you know the numbers started going up in the weight room classes became a little bit easier um learning the offense became a little bit easier my technique um honed in and then you know then it was just fine-tuning things um and so once I got into that starting role and I started to get that experience on the field and and stuff it was good um you know kind of rough in the beginning as always you know, you look at my first game to my very last game. Oh, you know, man, look at that first game, like, why was I on the field? And that last game, you're like, I'm really fucking some people up, you know? <laughs> but um, it was awesome. You know, I, I tried – I left everything on the field, and the best part about my college career is I can, I can say I really left it all out there. 
Like I really, I don't think I would change much. Um, you know, and I guess it worked out because I ended up being the first team all conference offensive line my senior year. Um, did as much as I could off the field, which is a huge deal for me. Uh, to not only just be a great athlete on, but, you know, be that role model, use that platform off the field to inspire the, that kid who, was, who I once was, you know, and just be that wholesome person, which is super cool. So I'm most proud of those accolades. I never won the big awards, um, you know, but like the Werfel Trophy, the All-State Good Hands team, uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl, you know, humanitarian recipient, you know, those, those types of things. It was super cool. Um, so I had a lot of fun up at CSU. Go Rams. <laughs> wow. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because of how much more, like we, we played in high school together and then we kind of went our separate ways in college. Uh, but we have such a similar background. Like mm -hmm. I felt the exact same way in my school, but when I would look at you and all the progress you're making at CSU, I swore up and down that you had your shit figured out. And <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I, I really think that's a really awesome revelation for me and many others who are, who are listening. I'm not live streaming this one, but uh, a lot of athletes, we, we kind of put these perceptions on people, right? I mean, I admired you more than anyone ever in my, my football career. I was always trying to live up to the, the pedestal that I had put you on. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's not your fault. You were a great athlete and you, you fucking kicked my ass all the time. And I was like, I need to, I need to, I need to match this guy's effort. So mm -hmm. I would, I would like, for, for those of you who don't know me and Goldich, we, we had this, uh, well, I really had this, this bet going in my head and one, one of our, we were in a team meeting. I can't remember what it was even about, but one of our coaches like asked us what we want to accomplish uh, in, in the season. And one of my goals was to beat Goldich three times in a one-on-one -on -one pass rushing drill in a row. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's just me and him, like he's blocking the quarterback and I have to get, I have to just make him look silly. And I only got twice. I only got <laughs> twice. Like for a year and a half, I only beat him twice in a row. That third one, he never let me get the third. And, it, and I don't know if you were like, like gassing me up, like making me feel like confident, like, oh, let's get the first two. And then I'm going to put, put him down because that's kind of what it felt like a lot of the time. Uh, but overall, man, it's, it's super cool to hear your perspective, like coming from me who looked up to you for so long that you were also in my same shoes when we went to college. Like, do I belong here? That imposter syndrome like popped up until you found your groove, until you found that you really enjoyed doing the more humanitarian side of being an awesome role model for the people that were looking up to you as well. So I think that's super cool. So I, and I, I think that's why it kind of led to your current career path. But before we get there, tell me a little bit about uh, the, the transition from college to your NFL experience. Man, <laughs> that, that was wild. You know, and, and a lot of what you're saying is like, you makes it, people make it seem like they have it all put together. You know, and that's just that's just the grind behind the scenes. You know, like people, a lot of people don't know what, what athletes go through behind the scenes, you know, behind closed doors. And they just see the final product. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of, the high, exactly. There's a lot of high, high level athletes that, you know, are probably struggling right now. 
and are still trying to figure out their way. <clears throat> um, so, but as long as it looks good when the final product is released, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know? um, but the transition from college to the, to the, to the pro level was, it was interesting. Cause you know, you're kind of sitting, same thing, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, geez, like I'm not the biggest lineman, you know, I'm not the strongest lineman. I'm not the fastest. Like I work, I work my ass off and that's all I got for me, you know? And that really didn't sink in until like we played Alabama. I think my senior year, you know, when you see those guys and you're like, damn, like maybe I can actually hang with these guys, you know, like I'm not getting blown off the ball. Like I'm not dominating these guys, but I can hold my own. And that, for me, that was kind of like a turning point um, as far as my confidence in myself that maybe I had a shot, you know, and then at the end of the season, it was like first team all conference. And I was like, okay, hey, maybe, maybe other people are starting to see something, you know, and then my agent did a great job. So he did a lot of the grinding behind the scenes, having those conversations and, um, and promoting me. And it was, you know, then go, I went to the, to the collegiate bowl, the NFLPA collegiate bowl. So then again, that's just another thing that, you know, just kind of fell right in my lap. And I was like, Hey, maybe people are starting to see something. And it was, it was interesting getting into my first training camp in the OTAs, um, you know, because you go from, so high school to college, right? Best high school athletes are playing on those college teams. And then you get to the pros and you have the best college athletes playing on that one team. So every person was the best of the best at some point, you know, or they just have the best of the best work ethics and they're just not going to be denied. Um, and then you got the guys who have been the best of the best in the NFL for 10 plus years, which is incredible to see. Um, but it was, it was tough, you know, then again, you know, learning new offense, you know, trying to hone in on your technique even more like that level is it's, it's incredible. You know what those guys can do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis um, for years and years, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're fortunate enough to, you know, but then again, once you move up into those higher levels, it you know, becomes more of a business and you see that, you know, and there's financial ties and there's political stuff that happens. And um, that part it's hard to understand. I still don't understand it, you know, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I had my shot. It was great. I left all I could out there. Like I, you know, you have an opportunity like that sit in your lap and no one really gets to that level and just lets it pass, but it was good. You know, I had my time, you know, made it to the 53, which is super cool. Um, step foot on a field, you know, for a couple plays. plays <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, you know, then moved on. Yeah. So. Like, uh, and I think that's super cool, right? Because we, th we think of the, the professional scene as this awesome, like this exciting uh, thing to, that is just amazing to be part of, which it is, but there's a lot that we don't see as spectators or as like guys who are dreaming of getting there. We don't see, we only see the final product of the athletes playing. We don't know the mm -hmm. political side to it, how much of a business it, business it actually is when, I mean, these athletes are playing for tens of millions of dollars. Like it has, it, it, it is le legitimately a business. And like, 
before we move away from that, could you could you give us a could you give me a little bit of a snippet of what that business like side kind of looked like? Yeah. So when I was so one of the biggest things that I saw was you know financial obligations towards players. You know, where you draft a guy early, um, or someone's getting someone has a lot of guaranteed money, you know, and so they're they sign that contract, they get drafted, they owe that player a lot of money. So to me, it seemed like they're going to try and get the most out of that player that they can, you know, instead of paying them a bunch of money, promising them a bunch of money, and then you know getting rid of them to sign someone else that they're going to have to pay just as much. Um, Cause that's a lot of money being tossed around to some yeah. degree. And, you know, as one of the lower level guys, it seemed like there was a lot of rotation between practice squad players where you, there's 10 practice squad players per team and every single week, you know, someone's getting roved out. Someone's getting moved. Um, you know, when I was in, for example, when I was in San Francisco, we had 10 linemen in the room. We had, two or three on the practice squad, um, just depending on the week. And so when I was there, Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL in Kansas City. <clears throat> and then we went up and played Green Bay, <clears throat> and we lost that game. Like, it was a tough – we should have won that game, um, but we kind of let it slip slip out of our fingers. And so I get called in that Tuesday. Every Tuesday was cut day. So if you're on the roster after 4 p.m. Eastern time, you are going to be, you're going to get paid for that week and you're going to be at least on the team. I, you're at least going to get paid. So I get called <laughs> in at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. They sit me down. They're like, Zach, you know, we, we see you improving. We see you're doing fine. Um, you know, but we need to sign a quarterback and we need to re-sign this pass rusher that we let go last week. I was 11 linemen and it's nothing you did. We just need, you know, people at different positions right now. So don't go anywhere. Like just hang tight, and uh, you know maybe we'll we'll re-sign you. You know, so they're you know, they're they're making it seem like there's a chance I can come back, but I don't even know if there's a chance to come back. And they can't. They're not going to confirm that, right? They're not keeping me their financial obligations. <clears throat> I'm getting paid less than league minimum. Like it's literally fractions of a percent what they're paying me. So there's no obligation to keep me. You know, the, and the team needs other other positions, you know. So then I get cut and get moved across the country to Indianapolis. Um, you know, and so that was one of the biggest business side um, things that I saw, you know, and was impacted by. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, you know, I get to Indianapolis and I'm having – I loved it in Indianapolis. I thought it was great. I thought I could develop as a player. Um, on a Sunday, my agent calls and says that there was an injury in Arizona. Somebody got hurt and they wanted to promote me to their active roster. And so, you know, I had a long talk with him because I thought I could develop long-term in Indianapolis. But then again, it's like, what if they were to cut me that next week? Mm -hmm. Like they weren't promising me the whole entire season. And if I went to Arizona, they promised me there, the, it guarantees me three weeks there on the active roster which would have comped my pay for the rest of the year on practice squad. So it was kind of like a win-win in a sense. Yeah. Um, going there. And so I made the business decision to leave Indianapolis in the middle of the night, 
before we come back to work to fly out to Arizona, you know, and join that and join that organization. Um, so it's just a lot of moving pieces, especially just on the lower half. Um, you know, and it's different for everyone. You know, so my story, my experiences is not like anyone else's. You know, there's similarities here and there, but at the end of the day, it's not like high school where you're you're like, I want to play football for four years and I'm going to be on this team for four years, right? Yeah. For college, you know, like I'm going to play football here for four years. And even if I don't play, I'm still going to be part of the team. Like there's zero obligations like that in the NFL for an undrafted guy um, or a guy who, you know, is kind of like on the lower half of the roster. So it was great though. You know, I learned a lot. I got to experience a lot. I learned um, a lot of things from players about myself and it was fun, you know, while, while I was there, it was a great experience. I mean, can't beat sideline tickets for, <laughs> for a year. Um, so it was, it was fun. That's super cool, man. So I, I, I want to see, I, I've talked to a couple of athletes who had experienced burnout with their sport. So with that change from like, I'm dedicated to this team in high school, I'm dedicated to this team in, col- in college. Now you're, you're on this business end where like, I, like, I want to make money. I need to, I need to survive. Like I want to, I want to find some sort of stability and security. Like did that same kid who was nine years old, who loved football so much, who got the opportunity to play, did he stay around most of the time or was that like slowly diminishing as you kept like bouncing around or was the, the experience like truly enlightening and as fun as, as, as you, you make it seem it was. Oh man, that's, that's a great question. And it's, it's tough to answer that because that, that kid was still around, you know, like the higher you go, you know, the deep, the, the bigger the roller coaster is right. The lower, the lows, and the higher, the highs, you know? So when it was good, man, I was like, this is the best. Like I'm living the absolute dream, you know, but at the lows, you know, when you get cut and you're like, damn, like, was that practice my last time ever put it on a helmet? Like that, that, that was tough. Um, you know, and then having to move across countries or maybe having a bad practice and you go home and you're like, fuck, like I'm going to get cut. You know, they're going to see this, these two plays that I just looked like I don't even belong out there. So, you know, the, the enthusiasm and love for the game was there, you know, but at, at moments, you know, it's like, it was, it was tough, you know, to, to be like, am I doing this because this is what, this is, this is all I know, or am I doing this because I love this, you know? Um, and I've thought about that a lot. And now that I've been away from the game for quite a while, you know, it's like, I miss it. I love it. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm comfortable with what I did on the field and I'm comfortable with the decisions I've made post football, um, you know, because it was able to set me up to where I'm at right now, which has been great. Um, and then also adding to the burnout aspect, you know, the longer you do it, you know, every athlete knows athletes have that schedule and they do the same stuff all the time, Yep. you know, and so I don't know. <laughs> how guys like Tom Brady, you know, do this for 30 plus. No, he's been playing since he was a kid, you know, and it's like, he's doing the same stuff. He's been in the NFL for as long as we've been alive, you know, and it's nuts. (laughs) It's insane to see that. 
you know, the consistency. And so that after a long time, especially at that level <clears throat> where you can't slack on stuff, you know, it, it got, it got tiring at, at times, you know, but you know, athletes are athletes. You just got to find that dog in you, yeah. you find it and then you push through it and then that's it. Yeah. So I want to say that I was completely burnt out. Um, but you know, there was a little Kindle in there, you know, that was kind of like, like how long can I really keep this up for, mm-hmm. um, to some degree, but you know, to get paid to play football was the coolest thing, you know, you, you it made awesome. it, I, I think <laughs> the statistic you, even though you weren't the, the, the big offensive lineman that got the fucking $74 million contract to block for Tom Brady, or or Russell Wilson or any of that, you still got the opportunity, right? Like, yeah. what is it? 70% of high school athletes don't go to college. And it's like 5% of college athletes even get a shot in the NFL. And I think it's like the it's like 1% of high school go to division one and 1% of that 1% go on to the NFL. So the like, odds are stacked against all athletes. And you <laughs> beat the odds you know and you beat the odds at a lot of things and i'll let you kind of describe what 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 you're doing now but i mean your background because we we grew up in aurora and i'll let you tell a story but (laughs) what are you what are you doing now so people listening kind of know how you transitioned from actually before we even get there when did you say enough was enough and walked away from football to go to where you're at now it's a great question. Um, so before I went to, as soon as I made it into the NFL, um, I always told myself if I made it, cause I'd heard these stories of people getting cut and going home for several weeks or people getting cut and they go home for a year or two and then they maybe get signed again and they play for 10 years. You know, like those stories are out there, but you know, I told myself if I had went an entire year without being on a roster, then I would call it quits, right? Because I think, you know, when you're in your 40s and when you're wanting, when you just get into like adulting, you know, when you want to live your life, um, you know, it's like you can't play football forever. I mean, some people can and some people are, but that is very, very few people, you know? So I had to think about what if I play, you know, for two, three years, um, then I go get like a real job if I end up not staying on for long term, or you know, what if I just go a year and a half? You know, because um, I mean, if when you get an active roster, like you're getting paid enough where you can kind of sit out for a little bit and hold on and maintain that training and and um, you know physique to perform. So for me, after I got released from training camp in 2019, I went home and I I had that. I was like, hey, I'm a, I'm a train for this year. And if I don't get picked up by the end of this year, then that's going to be it. Right. I made a promise to myself um, because at that point I would feel like football didn't want me to play. It's not that I didn't want to continue playing football, but to be in that toxic relationship where you want something more than it wants you, you know, I I wasn't going to let that bring me down and leave this huge gap, you know, um, where all I knew is football and I can't do anything else. Right. You know, the, the being more than an athlete was is big, right? That's why I, I always tried to, 
you know, I did well in school, even though it's like, no one's looking at my college GPA, <laughs> you know, all they care about is like, I graduated. Um, and no one's really looking at that off the field stuff. It's like, but that makes the wholesome person. But anyway, um, so came back, kept training. Agent said that people were calling to ask about me to see if I was still interested in playing, see if I was healthy, but they weren't making those, those workout trips, right? So they would usually fly you out for a workout um, and you assign you on the spot or they you know, send you back home, say thank you, and then think about it. And so nobody was making tangible moves on me. And they weren't putting papers in front. Um, and then as the weeks went on, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like when this ends, come playoff time, like I'm done, right? That's the season. And so I need to, like, I can't sit around for another year and figure out what I'm going to do. <clears throat> so I was planning and planning and planning. Like, what's my plan? B? What's my plan B? And plan B has always been to become, um, to get into fire. So I wanted to be a firefighter. And so as the season was coming to an end, you know, I had to look into what it took to get into this career and start making those moves. So when the season ended, I could immediately start on that because that was my plan B for a long time. Um, sure enough, the season came to a close. I had no, I wasn't on a roster. No one was flying me out for a workout. And so then I began the process of dropping substantial weight <laughs> and shifting my mind frame, um, you know, to get into the fire service. And so that was like my transition out and it was tough having that conversation with my agent to tell him that I was done. It was one of the hardest conversations I've had, you know, to speak, to speak out loud that I am done with football was the hardest, hardest things I've ever had to say, you know, to, to hear yourself say that, you know, to see 14, 15 years of dedication and love for a game just come to an end was, it was, it was heartbreaking, you know, but at the end of the day, I look back at the lessons that it taught me about dedication, about commitment, about team, about communication, about passion. Um, and I knew that I could use those skills in any profession that I wanted to get into. And I would excel above anybody else because all I was told my entire life was that companies and businesses, employers are, are looking for athletes because they stand out above everyone else. You know, so just that was the trust in myself that I could succeed past football made it uh, easier to walk away, but it was still uh, really, really difficult to make my way out and start, start a new journey. I can only, I mean, I, I had, I didn't have that much. I actually had someone tell me, no, like they'll no longer recruit me to play football anymore. So that was, that was, that was, so I understand really like you had, you waited a whole year for that. And that transition, the talk with your agent, like I, I can only imagine, actually, I do know what was going on in your head. Like you mentioned earlier, like, this is all I know. This is all I've done. And you were, you had the foresight to prepare for the fire service. Like I remember you uh, making that post uh, uh, in the, as an EMT in the ambulance, like that was a big moment for you. Right. You kind of, it was like a mic drop. Like this is, this is who I am now, which is super cool. Um, right. but, but no one like, like going back to the very beginning of the conversation, no one sees what you just described. They just see like, he's in the NFL. 
Oh, six months later, a post. Oh, now he's a paramedic. Wait, what? Like, what the hell happened? And I think this is a super cool conversation to kind of fill in those gaps because as athletes, we do, we dedicate our lives to the sport. We have the dreams of making it to the professionals and you made it. And then no one gave you another shot after, after Arizona. When, mm. again, you had the foresight to be prepared because you knew that athletes stand out amongst the rest in the job market because we have that passion, that dedication, that mm. commitment to what we, what we commit to. That's why I call this the Athletes for Life podcast because no matter what we do, even if we don't have a sport, we still compete at whatever the hell mm. we want to do. We still try to perform at a high level at whatever we do. So I, I, I want to know, was there a specific time in your life that said fire service was your calling or was it just like a random thought? Yeah. So that there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Um, <clears throat> and so when I started like, you know, in every athlete, you know, a coach is always like, you know, have a plan B, have a plan B. Cause you know, you're not going to be able to play forever. Even if you play 10 years, you know, maybe if you want to just, if you invest right and you make those that money, you could retire that early, you know, but you're going to want to do something else. You're going to get bored. So um, I have a brother who is a cop who I guess he was in SWAT in San Bernardino. And he, you know, I, I went, hung out with him and he's telling me his stories. And I'm like, man, like, this is cool. Maybe I want to become a cop. Maybe I want to do this, you know? And then you get to college and you start learning and you start seeing things on the news. And I was like, I don't know if I want to become a cop anymore. Like, I don't, I don't want to show up on scene and, you know, I don't, I don't want people to be like, damn, like, cops are here, you know? So I'm looking like, Hey, what's the next best thing to that? You know? Cause I, it seemed like the police force encompassed, you know, everything that ath athletics did, you know, the teamwork, the, um, the heart, you know, dedication, the passion, the commitment, like all that stuff. The hard and then, work. Yeah. And then the fire service popped up and, you think about firefighters, like when firefighters show up on scene, no one's like, damn, fire, firefighters are here. You know, people are like, yes, go, go over there and help somebody, you know, like go to work. You know, people, people like firefighters, it's, at least from my, my experience, you know, there's very few people um, that have, that have beef with the fire service. Um, and so that was a part of it. So I started looking into the dynamics of that and having those conversations. And I was like, Hey, yes, this, this encompasses um, everything that athletics did. And it's the best way to replicate the world that I have lived in my entire life. This is the best way that I can practice every single day and my craft get better every single day, you know, work as a team every single day. This is awesome. Um, so that was like how I started to look into it. Right. And then a deeper connection to that. So I was involved in, as you know, so everyone else knows I was involved in the Aurora theater shooting in 2012. Um, I was sitting in the adjacent theater and a bullet came through and hit me in the neck. Right. So I was one of the 72 injured in that event and having that happen to me, I wasn't treated by first responders. Um, I never saw fire. So I never saw the emergency medical service of that. I never saw that side. And so I always had this curiosity of what that looked like um, because I never saw that. And so that curiosity also translated to being on that side. I know what it felt like to 
you know, just want to kind of be alone, want some help and, you know, be, be afraid, you know? Um, And that's a huge deal because, you know, when we run calls, you know, I have that empathy for those people. And now I'm, I'm that person that was there. I'm that person that can be there for them um, and not have to be alone. Like I was granted, I ended up running away from the scene. I was 17. I didn't really know what was going on. So, you know, maybe if I stayed on scene, I could have been treated, but you know, that, that wasn't the case. So having that personal connection to it, um, you know, was, it was a huge emphasis on my part to get into a service where I can be part of the community and simply just be there for people at their lowest moments, you know? Um, and everything now that I'm in it, it's, it's been great, you know? So let's, let's talk, let's talk more. let's talk more (laughs) more. well i I think it's super cool man like like you're more than the athlete right which is what people only see with athletes they only see the athletic side they don't know the shit we have to go through to commit to something so passionately and they don't know what we what some people can go through you were shot in the neck i remember vividly coming to your house the next day saying i was like worried i was horrified to walk up to you and like i was gonna hear bad news but you know what the first thing the first thing you said to me when i walked up do you remember (laughs) (laughs) you walked i walked up he's like dude i get to start my rap career now fucking big ass (laughs) smile on your face after having a bullet wound i was like what who the hell does that? But I mean, I think that 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 story goes to show your character even more in light. You know, it, it, it was like you were severely injured. Right. And I remember that day was crazy. Like yeah. Dateline was there and all that stuff. But you had a smile on your face afterwards. You didn't let anyone else like pity you. You were having a good time like nothing ever happened. Everyone was like, Zach, are you OK? Are you OK? It's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm alive. I'm able to do some cool stuff. And going back to what you said earlier of trying to be a wholesome person, I think that kind of plays more into everything you've done, into the off the field character that you'd put, into the idea of of giving back to your community in a way that like doesn't require you to be in a helmet on the football field. Like Mm -hmm. everything you've done, I think has kind of led you in this direction without you really realizing it until you were in it (laughs) yeah i mean it was kind of when you know when i was prepping for interviews you know one of the one of the biggest questions that you have to prepare for is is they'll sit you down they'll say what have you done to prepare for this job you know and the more i thought about it i was like well like how how am i not prepared for this job yeah i don't really know building construction i can't build a house right which is huge (laughs) on this like i don't have the technical skills yet you know to perform the job but just like sports you know you go in and you may not know how to you know rush a quarterback you may not know how to pass but they'll teach you that stuff and then if you stay dedicated at it you will become proficient at it and then if you take that to the next level you can become elite at those skills you know mm-hmm. um and it's it, it's interesting um you know that you <laughs> that you remember that and that's that's one of the things I, I'm most prideful about that event. Yeah, it was trash. It it was you know it was tragic, 
Um, and I don't take it lightly and, you know, yeah, but at the same time, you take the situation and you, you control it, right? You don't let the situation control you. You control what you can control. So whatever happened that night happened and you move forward, you know, um, kind of like this, that one play mentality mm-hmm. that every athlete should have. You know, if you have a bad play, yeah, you might, you might linger on it a little bit, but eventually you're going to have to move forward, you know, because the game still continues. And if you let that bad play sit on you for a long time, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to interrupt what you're trying to do. It's going to sit in your brain. You're not going to perform the way you should. Um, and so I kind of took that to a, a greater purpose, like the life aspect. You know, if I let this event linger on me, if I let this situation um, control my emotions, then I'm not going to be able to become the person that I want to become. It's, you know, it could drag me down, you know, and at 17 years old, man, it's like, I was like, I have so much life to live, you know? And it's sometimes I think it sounds kind of selfish, you know, cause maybe, maybe I, I should have been more mourning, you know, for those that were lost and injured and, you know, just the magnitude of the situation. But at the same time, you know, you got to take those things and just, just be grateful that you're still around and you can still do some of the things that you're able, that you're able to. Like I was able to walk, talk, breathe. I was at practice well, like a couple of days, two days later, a day, the day after, whatever. The day after, yeah. It you was know? the day after. <laughs> it's like for me, that was so cool. At 17 years old, you know, that's that's all I could think about was just getting back to normal life, getting back to to the football field. Um, you know, just because I because I was able to, mm-hmm. you know, and and then, you know, also keeping those in mind as well, um, you know, and being able to represent the strength of everyone just kind of moving forward through the sports, through the mentality, um, you know, because stuff like that is it's, it's contagious and it's infectious. You know, if you're if you're down in the dumps and you're around other people, they're most likely going to be down in the dumps, too. You know, but if you're smiling and full of energy, it's contagious. You know, you see me around the firehouse right now, and I'm always smiling. Granted, I'm the new guy, so everything's kind of exciting right now. But people are always like, like, why the hell are you smiling all the time? You know, it's it's three o'clock, and we just got called on a lift assist. Like, we could be sleeping right now. You know, and I'm just like, you know, this is like, this is this is the dream right here. You know, like, I'm pumped for all this. Stuff, you know? So, yeah, man, what a story. What a story. I mean, what a story you live on a daily basis. Right. And just to go to like, again, what you said, like, it's, it's, it's a cliche thing to say, control what you can control. And I, I know I've been, I've been at the spot. I've been very low. And for people who've listened to this before, I've been suicidal twice in my, in my life. And both times I was worried about everything that I couldn't control. I couldn't control the surroundings that were making me so down, you know, I'm sure I'll go into the story, the real story. It's not anything crazy. It's actually very childish uh, why I was so, so down, but I wasn't able to look at the situation and make myself feel better. I was, I was, I chose to let myself sink lower and lower and lower. Whereas someone like you who can walk out of the room in a neck brace with a smile on your face. Like I wasn't worried about you anymore. I was horrified to walk into that house. But the second I saw you, I was laughing. I was having yeah. a great time, you know, and that, that speaks to, to, it speaks 
so much more to everything that you do. And I'm so happy that you agreed to have this conversation with me because I have, I've I've always respected you, but I have an even deeper respect for you now because of the character that you have. And it's just so, it's truly awesome to, to be able to call you my friend and, and be able to have an awesome role model uh, that, that just, we're kindred spirits and we, we, we want to just set good examples, right? Yeah. I have, we've never, like, even back when we played football together, like you were never in anybody's face talking shit. It was like, you were having fun, but when like, it was serious <laughs> time, like, like you didn't say a word. Right. And that's, no. that's why, that's why I always looked up to you because that's how I played football. I always, I didn't say a word. I was just focusing on the next play. Like go, go, go like, cool. Celebrate real quick. But we still have like 60 minutes left in this game. Like this, you can't friggin' can't do that. So yeah, you gotta, just, you gotta have that, that balance, you know, yeah, that balance. Knowing, knowing how to take care of business, but have fun at the same time. You know, the cliche control what you control, but that is, that is by far, you know, the, the one thing that's, that's kept me in the direction that I want to go. Right. Cause what are the two things you can control? You can control your attitude and control your effort. And if you control your attitude and effort, the results will come, you know, and, and I, it's, it's, it's so simple that it's almost really hard to do, you know? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's so true. You can't, you can't speak for everyone, you know, no. but you got to master that in your mind, you know, control, you control, control that attitude, you control that effort. And the rest will come, right? Because if you always come with a great attitude, you come with exceptional effort, you won't be denied in anything. And that's not just sports. That's everything. That's, that's everything twice. in life. I swear to God, like you, I just, I, you said that. And I had like a flashback with my helmet on right before a football game. Like I swore, I swear I, the coach Hoff said that. And I was just like, <laughs> it immediately sent me back like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, speaking of like coach Hoff, you know, it, it, it's important, I think, you know, a lot of, as athletes, you know, you are who you surround yourself with, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to, to choose who you associate with, to you know, choose who you have as your close friends, to have these conversations with, it's very, it's, it's, it's so essential that you surround yourself with people who are on a similar direction as you and want to you know, who inspire you, who push you, who motivate you, who keep you accountable, you know, because if you're surrounded by those people who are not, who are always complaining, who are always down the dumps, you're going to be down the dumps, right? You're going to be that complainer. Um, you know, I mean, as an athlete, you hate to see it, but I mean, there are, there's people out there like that, but there's also people not like that. And you can see where they go. You know, the people who are motivated and driven and inspiring and positive, you can see those people, you know, and I think that's a huge test because I, I like to think that I surrounded myself with great people like yourself and Coach Hoff, and um, you know, you pick and choose different things from people and, and take them and try them and see how they work for you, and if not, you get rid of them and find something else, you know, um, you know, and then you become that person and you try yeah. <laughs> you try to pay it forward to somebody else, you know, just like this kind, you know, I don't know who's gonna watch this video. But I know whoever takes the time to watch this, listen to us, this blabber, you know, <laughs> might, might pull something from it, might pull one thing from it, and it could change your life. And you don't know what that is, you know. So, um, 
I think that's, that's the coolest part. And that's why I really wanted to come and talk to you, you know, because I don't, I don't even want to know who, who watches it. I don't want to know how <laughs> I should, like, I just want to get it out there and, and have someone watch it, be inspired, take one thing, maybe take nothing. I don't know. <laughs> um, but everyone has experiences. Everyone has life stories. You share it. Cause that's, it's almost like an obligation. I feel like, you know, cause you have lessons that are learned like and you can, you know, pass down, share, and you know, just try and try to leave this place a better place than you found it. Exactly. You know? And that comes with the lessons, you know, the life experiences, the stories. Dude, you just gave the me growth. The growth. It's cool, man. Oh, it's God. cool. It is really cool. I mean, that's how we that's how the human race has survived for so long because we can pass down lessons, you know. And so, yeah. so the reason why I love doing this podcast so much, I, I am big on just get it out there. Like, I am not like, wait for it till it's ready. Like, no, I, I want to do it. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I see a lot of quotes and a lot of things say, you know, you don't start when you're ready. You, you just start do right it. now. You just, just go. got to do it. You know, oh. was I ready to leave that? Was I ready to leave the game of football? No, but I started and I just did it. You know, you hammer in that first nail and you just go from there, you know, and you just figure it out. We're athletes. You know, we, we adapt. We overcome the one play mentality. You move on. Right. You, you, you have that uh, resilience to just keep moving, you know, all those words. Oh, me, man. I'm going to put all the buzzwords in this episode. I'm going to have a really hard time figuring out what the title is because we covered so much awesome shit. Damn it. <laughs> you just gotta go like the time like talks Zach and Zach and Jonah talk. Zach and Jonah That's talk. Good. I'll put That's I'll it. put I'll put, make it an extra long description because I just there's nothing I could put like one line that's gonna say like this is what you're gonna listen to in the title. Like yeah, people just gotta listen to it. But like you said, even if one person listens to it to it all the way through, they're gonna take something. They're gonna they're gonna take something to their life because I mean, that's the platform I speak on with former athletes and how we kind of carry on through the, through throughout life, finding that that environment that we we grew up on because it's the only thing we know. Uh, I think this has been a fucking, this has definitely been one of the funnest conversations I've ever had. And I'm just, <laughs> thank you for taking the time. Like like I said earlier, I, I have a whole newfound respect for you, and I'm just again incredibly grateful to get to call you my friend. That I could like message you on Instagram. <laughs> And you'll like message me back with a, a meme. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this has been super cool. You know, I think it's super beneficial because it's something that I feel like is um, a conversation that needs to be had more, you know, and for the athletes for life, you know, you're going to be an athlete for life, you know, no matter what you're doing, you know, and I think it's important that you don't lose yourself. You don't lose that identity. Yes. Your life purpose um, or I shouldn't say your life purpose, but um, you'll find something. The purpose goes from, you know, playing the game from entertainment to something else. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, redirect that purpose. Don't lose yourself. Um, and just, you know, be that athlete to stand above the rest. You know, I mean, yeah, you might change physically. You know, I dropped 70 pounds. So I'm, People see me, I'm not the same person, right? I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, holy, holy shit. This thing like, says me now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I look at old foes and I'm just like, Jesus, like how, like how the fuck was I doing that? 
you know, how was I maintaining that much weight and moving the way I was and, and stuff, you know, but you, you recalibrate, you refocus into a new mission, you know, and you take everything that you learned in sports. I learned in sports and, you know, I, I apply it to what I'm doing right now. You know, on the day you still have those, those downs and you still have those ups and you just, you just take with it, you know, it's like a big game, you know, everything's a game. Everything's a yeah. game. You just got to figure out how to play it. And once you do, you're, you're in a much better place than you were, man. This has been yeah, dope. It's, it's crazy. Oh, God. Well, if you would like, where can people find you? Where do, where, where do you want people to watch you be an awesome firefighter? I don't know. I mean, we're, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't really post much on social media. Um, you know, but Zach, I don't even know my hat. I don't even know my tags, to be honest. I think it's like Zach Gold at 61. You know, maybe I'll post more. I like to post on my story, you know, just like if I come across some inspirational, motivational things, you know, I'll put it out there to kind of express my mentality towards things, you know, because sometimes you can't put thoughts into words, you know, sometimes we just do, Um, you know, but I'm always open for messages, you know, whoever watches this, it, you know, I love, I don't get many messages. Yeah. I got the blue check mark, but I'm not getting blown up in my DMs. Like it's, <laughs> I'm just an average dude, you know, with, with the account. So hit me up. I love answering questions. Um, I, I love sharing stories. Um, you know, I'm here to help if I can. Um, outside of that, I mean, I guess to all the athletes out there who are moving on to the real world stuff, um, you, know, you can do it. You can, you can, literally do anything you want because people want to be you um if you just stay true to yourself and who you were as an athlete and carry over all those lessons learned and experiences um there's literally no limitations and if you're looking for a great career the fire service is a great career (laughs) (laughs) or i guess a personal trainer too right because you stay in the weight room you know oh yeah oh yeah Um, all great all great avenues yeah this has been super cool i'm glad you had me on um i mean I have nowhere to be. So if you got any other questions or if you want to cut it short, we can chat later or whatever you need. Well, you know, I might bring it back because I do have a sales call that I have to hop on. Real yeah. Quick. I mean, we can do part two. <laughs> we can do part two. We'll do part two. I like doing part two. It's fun. We can bring up yeah. another thing and talk for an hour. Yeah. Venture into my weight loss. And, you know, I don't know. People are always interested about that. Oh, yeah, dude. But, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank so this you is so super much, Goldich. Cool. You're an amazing individual. Keep inspiring people. Cause I, I definitely want to be like you one day. So keep I'm doing trying to be you. like you, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to start a podcast. I'm just over here just you know working. You know, I need to be more dynamic like you. Multi-dimensional. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. But thank you hey, for coming on. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you for coming yeah. on. And Let's on behalf of all the athletes, Maybe you know, not. thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thanks. You know, it's important. Um, and I think this is super cool. So keep it up. You're the man, man. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Cool. Love you. Talk to you later. Love you too. Bye. Bye.